Let's bow our heads in prayer. Most gracious and loving Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for this day. This is the day you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. Father, we pray that as your word goes forth, we pray that it will reach each one's heart. And Father, we pray that that word will bring forth life. Father, that word will transform us and use us for your glory. Father, we pray that you will remove anything that is not of you in this place today. We take authority in the name of Jesus. Lord, we claim the blood of Jesus upon each and every one of us right now. We sanctify this place, Lord God, and we ask you to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Shall we all rise? With all of our energy, with all of what we have, let's praise the Lord and worship Him. Let my 
generation, my generation, does this remind you of anything? Brother Matthew? Pastor? Yeah. This is not the young generation. This is for the older folks. I was very good at it. This is the only thing I was good at. I can see sister also saying I was good at it. Every week, never went to class, I used to go hunting. I was very good at hunting, especially shooting the head of a snake. I was so good at it. That's what I used to do. Hunt birds, kill them, sit in a group with four or five boys and roast the bird and eat it. 
That's where I was. I was roasting and now I'm roasting people. We will never forget these days. No matter how old you get. These. And every time that I used to walk around, one thing I used to search for. I used to search for smooth stones. And I used to keep it away. Those were my play toys. And I would have a small tin, an old tin, and I would keep these smooth stones that I used to carry with, with it when I used to go hunting. So there's something for you to just to reflect. But now what is it that we have treasures? The cell phone. I will not go there. Praise the Lord. I have titled today's message as The Stone and the Sword. I prepared a one-hour message. The time is 1.20. So you will get off today. And if God still keeps me next time, if the rapture doesn't take place, I will give you the second half. Amen? Nobody saying amen for that. Amen. All are scared of the rapture. Okay. In, I've titled it The Stone and the Sword. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 50, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17 verse 50, So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him without a sword. Nowadays generation, our sword is our tongue. We slay people with our tongue. The story of David's victory over Goliath has thrilled the hearts for many generations. Especially children love to hear the story. And many children tell Mama or Papa, can you read that story for me? The sword in the stone brings us back to an encounter of King Arthur as he rose from a little young boy who was a nobody. And God chose this young lad in the end. Arthur alone was able to remove the sword from the stone. That's what the story says. And he was crowned as king. When you compare Arthur, likely a young boy, to that who had a noble heart and a pure heart to David, a young boy who was asked by his father to take some food and go into the battleground and give those food to his brothers that were held as hostage because the army was controlling them for 40 days. We find Goliath shouting out to Israel. Now on the count of King Arthur, the stone and the sword, we find a great lesson in that if you read it. And when I was preparing this lesson, I had to go read about King Arthur. I never read it when I was studying and I had to read it now. So sometimes it's good to, to read stories. But in the story of King David's childhood teaches us more truth. A lot of truth is taught. The story of David's victory over Goliath teaches us to fight back when we find ourselves living in the land of giants. The story of David teaches us that. And I'm sure all the Friday school teachers are doing that to their children. Now, are there any giants that are facing you? Are there any giants? And I'm sure if I'm to come to you personally and ask you the same question, you will say, I have a giant that has been troubling me for 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, however long. And maybe the giant has just risen up against me, Brother Claudie. There are giants that we are facing 
every day in our ministry. Now in this story, God shows five characteristics and I'm sure I will not, no, by no reason I will be able to complete all the five characteristics that David possessed in which he became a giant slayer. Five stones David chose out of that stream of water represents five characteristics that God wants you and I to have in order for us to face any giant that comes our way. Amen? The first stone, my first point is, is the right perspective. The right perspective. Tell you two illustrations I want to show you. One day, from the U.S., two salesmen, I think we heard this about a year ago, two salesmen were sent to Africa and they were said, go into Africa, study the people, study the land, study everything, because we need to sell shoes. So both the salesmen went into Africa, they studied it, and the first salesman said, get me back home, I need to return, because these people do not wear shoes. So there's no need to sell, I want to come back home. The second salesman looked at the people and he says, do me a favor, send all the shoes that you have. These people are not wearing shoes. Two perspectives, two people looking at it, but each of them looking at it from a different angle. Let me give you one more illustration. When the 12 spies were sent by Moses into Canaan, go and spy the land, look at the land, see what you, can, what you find there, and bring back report. Ten came and said, there are giants in the land we cannot enter. But two came back and says, yes they are, but the land is good. God will take us through. Because of the wrong perspective, because of the majority, that race faced 40 years in desert. And that entire generation, older than 20, died in the desert of looking at a certain situation in a wrong way. So we as Christians, we will come to crossroads sometimes and we have to have the perspective. How do we look at things from our point of view, from the world's point of view, or from the point of view of what God sends us to do? Because at the end, it is God who is going to take you through and not your intellect, not your education, not your money. Amen? Having the proper perspective on things doesn't make the difference of winning or losing life or death. The army of Israel, when they seen, all they could see was a giant in front of them. That's all they were able to see. Many of us today, all that we see in front of us are giants. A big giant, a small giant, a no giant, but still we see something and we say there is a giant in front of us. However, when David saw the giant, he saw a man defying the armies of God. That's all he was able to see. David knew that he was not alone in that battle, but that it was his God who was going to go with him. He knew that the battle belonged to God and the victory was going to be is in Jesus' name. 
David viewed things from God's point of view. Our brother said something. He says, we are going back, but we do not know what God has in store. Brother, God has something in store for you. Ask the Lord, reveal it to me, Lord. God has got a plan and purpose for you and your family. He will never send you out anywhere without a plan, brother. Amen? Abide in His Word. Trust Him. Believe Him. And in the right time, He will open every door for you in Jesus' name. If you read the story very carefully, you will see the biggest obstacle the Israelites were facing was not Goliath was discernment. And that's what 90% of believers lack this day. They are not able to discern things when they are facing anything. You must ask God, give me a discerning spirit no matter what be the situation. Because I will be able to discern that your presence goes before me. Before even you can lead, meet there. The presence of God is waiting for you there. Amen? Amen. Look at verse 11 from our scripture. We see in the story that we read upon hearing Goliath's threat, Israelites, all the Israelites, they were dismayed and terrified. Let us open our Bibles to that. Look at what it says. They were terrified and they were dismayed. All that they were thinking is how Goliath is going to tear them apart. When the threats came. And when David heard the same threat. Look at the perspective. Two people hearing the same threat. One hearing it and thinking that we are going to be torn apart today. The other person looks at it. And we find the answer in verse 26. The last part it says. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine. That he should defy the armies of the living God. Two people looking at it. One thinking, I'm going to be torn apart. I'm going to die. The other one says, who is this man defying the armies of God? Fear grips us when we do not focus our attention on God. Fear takes control and we lose everything. The first stone we should have is to seek is the right perspective but the second stone the second stone the second slide my brother is the stone of courage having the right perspective but we should also have courage when Saul questioned David how he was going to fight Goliath you are just a boy Saul says and I want you to see the reply of David please turn to your Bibles to it's from verse 36 to 34 we will see the reply of David telling Saul. Look at the question. Imagine a king questions you. What will you do? You will shut your mouth. Because you are afraid to speak back to the king. You are afraid to speak back to your boss. And here a king is asking a question. And the man gives back God's word. Let us read. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep. Look later on. I went after it, first thing, I went after it, the first thing. The second thing is, struck it down. Not only I went, we don't even run, but also I struck it down. But look again, it says, and rescued the sheep from 
its mouth. Amen? The focus of Saul and the army was not defeating Goliath, but they were afraid that they will die that day. They wanted to preserve their life more than anything else. They didn't care about the insult the giant was making against God's army. How many of us, we hear insults and we stay quiet? How many of us, when watching TV, there is an insult to the name of Christ and we continue to watch? Not switching off the TV because every time there is a blasphemous word, the name of Jesus is given. And then you find the blasphemous word come forth and we say, it is okay. David could not stand this. And we see, now the true heart of a shepherd or a leader, this is for leaders or shepherds, if you are a father, I call you a leader. You should be willing, just as David, to run forth after that bear who is taking away your child your sheep. You should be willing to strike down that lion that is taking away your son or your daughter or your sheep. The Bible says that he, that he says, I went and I struck it and I took it from its mouth. What will leaders say? They deserve what they did. They backslided, they are gone. Let them be eaten by the lion. Fathers, if your sons are going away, don't say they deserve what they get. Your duty is to run forth, snatch that child from the jaws of Satan and bring him back home. That's your duty. That's your so-called duty as a shepherd. Don't let anything take away your son or your daughter from the plans and the purposes that God has for you. And this is also for leaders. Your sheep is precious in the sight of God. Maybe not for you. God cares for that sheep. God cares for that soul. Because God has a plan and a purpose for that soul when you are not here. I encourage you today. Don't let any sheep of yours be lost in Jesus' name. Run, run, run. Strike them down. Don't strike the sheep. Every lion or bear takes the sheep that is going astray. Do you know that? The sheep that is alone. Maybe your son or your child, whoever they are, they might be going alone. And the lion has got them. Go forth and bring them back in Jesus' name. David focused on the glory of God. And he asked this question, Who is this unbeliever that he should defy the armies of God? David could not stand somebody insulting the armies of God. My third one, my third stone is willingness. How many people have the right perspective? They have the courage, but they don't have the willingness to go forward. Right perspective. They will give you all the talk they can. They will show you all the courage they have. How strong they are. But they are not willing to enter the land. To take back what the enemy has stolen from them. This stone reminds us that we must be willing to go out of our comfort zone. To get back what the enemy has taken away from us. Verse 32. Look at your Bibles. David says, 
let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Your servant will go and fight him. I'm going to speak to you very frankly. Please forgive me if I hurt your feelings, but I love you. I know you don't love me now. I love you. Thank you for saying that. I'm I believe very often, this is where many Christians, pay attention very carefully, don't quote me wrong. This is where many Christians and many churches lose battle against the enemy at the point of willingness. Right perspective, right courage. But the willingness to go forward is not there by people. They are not willing to step forward. Sorry, older generation, my brethren, some of us live still in the 19th century. What my father did, what my grandfather did, we are in the 21st century. Do you know that? This generation, our children have many giants in front of them, preventing them from achieving what God has for them. The giants have taken control of our children and for some reason we are not doing anything. We are just allowing our children, we are playing with them. Allowing them, giving them everything that the giant has offered them. We need to approach this generation in a different way. We, this generation is accountable more than any other generation. And I'll give you the reason as to why you and I are going to be held accountable in heaven. At, at the moment, this generation has got the Bible in various forms. Any form, you have the Bible on your fingertips. In the time of David, they had only scrolls. And the scrolls were kept in the temple where only the scribes and the Pharisees had access to them. The people had no access to them. And only what was read, remember when Jesus also went into the temple, the scroll was given to him. He read and he gave it back. You and I bring it here, we take it home, we keep it home and we don't use it at all. Even in the beginning of the first century, they didn't have the entire Bible because it was not completed. Only in, in 480 was the entire Bible completed as one book. Even then they didn't have it. You and I are going to be accountable. Accountable. Accountable for the word that has been given to us. And I think of our church, I believe, I believe that we are one of the leading churches in this land. Amen? Do you believe that? I believe it. And I'm proud, I'm very proud that I am a member of this church. I boast about it. And I will boast about it wherever I go. Thank you for bringing me into this church. Thank you for bringing me into this land. Thank you for teaching me, Lord, your word. Now, something is missing in us. I carried you, I'm going to bring it down now. Something is still missing in with us. You know what is that? We are not willing to step out in faith. We are not willing to step out in boldness. We have faith, but we are not willing to step out in faith. Let me ask you a question. Are we willing to do simple things for God? 
Yes? You see, no answer. Are we willing to do simple things for God? I won't ask you one more time because I'm making you to make a confirmation between the heavenly hosts that are here. Did you hear what pastor said early when he started the message? You might have a seat which is vacant, but there are heavenly hosts. If you paid very careful attention to the, more, to the first prayer that pastor gave, there were many things that he's confirmed here. And I said, that's prophetic. It's come forth. Do you believe one more time, that you can be faithful in small things? Yes. Amen. Are you willing to lead a small prayer group, even if it's four or five? Are you willing to teach somebody, let it not be big, start with small things. If, if the leadership has called you and says, brother, can you lead? Don't tell him, can I go pray and come? You should be willing and say, Pastor, I am. Because he prayed, that's the reason he's asking you. He never went for a picnic and came and he's asking you, are we willing? Small groups. Small groups. Next question. How, how many times from this pulpit came forth a call, Friday school needs teachers? How many of us are enjoying sitting in the row week after week after week and that call the Holy Spirit minister to you? Go, you have a gift. And I'm going to show you later on, God willing, if there is time, how God takes the gifts that he has given into us and uses it, the natural gifts. Give your name. Make an impact on a child's life that when that child grows old, he will always remember you and pray for you. That sister, that auntie, that uncle made an impact in my life. Beautifully, we see in our brother and sister who stood here today. He says, we both are serving in the Friday school ministry. God has given something to you. They were faithful. Let me ask you a question. When you stand here on the day that you have to go from this land, what will you say? I was serving God or was I just sitting down in the pew and enjoying every message and getting blessed? I was blessed every time. But if you are blessed every time, how much did you give forth? You're going to be held accountable. Some ministry, get into it. Be faithful in small things. I seen my brother uh, at the, uh, what do you call that place? Brother Vivekin, what do you call your place? Technical. And I seen my brother and I said, I shook his hand and I said, brother, I'm so happy to see you here. He says, I, I'm trying. And I said, thank you because you're trying. God will bless you. Two small things. My next thing is, how many times have we heard from this man, our pastor, ushers? We need people for ushering. Are you willing to be an usher? You know, it's not easy. Has anybody gone to Kia Motors showroom? Has anybody gone to Kia showroom? Ah, who have you seen there? Aditya. I went to his office. His office is so big I can have one bedroom and a sitting room there. You know, faithfully that man stands at the door. And there are brothers who are, who are in, in PDO. God has blessed them abundantly. 
but as slaves they stand at the door to serve you and me like slaves and when you look at them you think they are nothing but they are somebody in the kingdom of god but because of the faithfulness their faithfulness god is only looking if you're faithful in small things not your degrees nobody will remember you for your degrees how many souls have you brought to the kingdom will be asked last how many of you when going for vacation i told this a year ago do you plan with your wife let us go visit one mission field one take that son and daughter of yours and tell them come we'll go to a aged home go and look at that what we say i went to bangkok i went to hong kong i went to ping pong we went all the pongs brother have you seen blood oozing out from somebody's leg have you seen have you seen someone's mouth torn have you seen maggots come out from somebody no no that's not for me that's for pastor let them do the missions please don't misunderstand me till i die i will sing the same message after message after message till my body of christ visits and till the heart of god captivates you and you say i want to live for jesus i want to live there's nothing else i want you remember i told you once before when i came to know christ i asked him only one thing i said give me a vision that every soul that i see i should be able to see whether the soul is going to heaven or going to hell and if i know the soul is going to be lost for eternity i will tell the soul about jesus yesterday to my 15 students i was not afraid to talk about him i am not afraid to talk about the one who gave me life the one who saved me from death the one who delivered me from satan's grip i am not afraid to tell about him let me ask you a question if the lion took your child in its mouth and the lion went into a forest will you tell that lion come to the church and then i will take my son away from you or will you go to the forest or you'll go to the den and you'll tear that lion apart to get your child back if you want to bring the lost go to where they are they may not come here because the enemy has taken them captive and they are held in captivity there you need to go there didn't jesus do that to the man who was possessed he traveled and he went to that man who was in the cave he never said bring that man to church he went forth he went forth i want to challenge you today go forth for him live for him our life is too short too short I told my students something yesterday. They said, "Teacher, why do you do this? Why do you keep telling?" I said, "Every morning I get up, there's only one thing that rings in my mind. This is the last day I got on earth. That's all I think of. This is my last day, and how am I going to live it? Even the last breath of mine will talk about Jesus. That should be our zeal. 
Lord, if today is my last day, let it be for you and you alone. Such should be our perspective to see there are souls perishing right not far away within the body of Christ. Are we willing? Are we willing? I don't want to go any more further. Let me stop with this because of time. I call NG for C. Please come forward quickly. I want to encourage you. Be willing. Quickly come. I want you to stand on your feet. Even though this is just half my message, God willing, I will do the next half the next time. I want to make an altar call. You don't have to come forward. But the altar call is, how are you willing to live for him? If today is your last. If this is the last week you have. If this is the last month you have. If this is the last year that you have for Christ. Are you willing to live for him? Be in a heart of worship as they sing.
your heads for a minute. We sang the song, I surrender. I want you to make it as a prayer and say, God, today I surrender all. So long I've already surrendered little. I want to give up everything for you. Everything. Are you willing to surrender your family? Are you willing to surrender your children to God? Are you willing to surrender your personal life to God? Are you willing to surrender your job that God has given and say, God, this is yours. And when I work, it will be I'm working for you. Last, are you willing to surrender your heart today? We've seen the three points, having the right perspective. Ask the Lord, Lord, give me grace that every time I look, I will have a discerning spirit to discern whenever I see anything, it will be only from you. Ask the Lord now, give me courage, Father, that I will be able to go forth in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And now say, God, give me the willingness. I want to be willing to run after that one sheep, to run after that one child. The child that I've lost, the sheep that I've lost, the job that I've lost, I will run after. Give me grace. And last, I want you to pray, give me a shepherd's heart. Whoever you have given to me, either as a wife, as a child, under leadership, Father, I will protect them. I will protect them. Father, we say thank you. Thank you for this time and for your word that you gave, Lord God. Father, I pray that this word will bring forth life and they will have life abundance to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you have the right stone? Do you right, have the right stone for the perspective of everything? What perspective you view your own life? Are you viewing it positively or negatively? What perspective are you viewing the life of your children? Do you have the stone of courage? Are you trying to lift yourself up? Above the level of enemy. Do you encourage yourself to move forward? Then are you willing to surrender? There's a stone I want to inform you about today. That stone is your refuge. That stone is your strength. That stone is a shade over you wherever you go. And this same stone is for every giant that you might face in your life. But what you need to have is that you must have right perspective. You must have the courage. And you must have the willingness to make use of this stone. And this stone I'm talking about is our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in the book of Philippians 2.10 that in the name of Jesus, Every knee shall bow. It's left for you. The message has been passed across. Whatever giant you feel is in your life, 
You have the stone, the right stone. You have the courage. And you should have the willingness to use the asana before you. And I pray that Lord Almighty will continue to give you the right perspective in the mighty name of Jesus. Continue to give you the courage to use that right stone of perspective in the mighty name of Jesus. And the willingness to make use of it, not to hide it, that God will grant you in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to appreciate you. We bless your name. Because today we have known that we have the right stone. We have the courage. And we have the willingness. Jesus Christ has strengthened us to have the willingness to make use of the right stone. And to encourage us to move ahead. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We glorify you for today's message. And it shall be firmly established in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. And as we go out today, Father, we pray that the pillar that we rest upon, which is Jesus Christ, shall never fail us in the mighty name of Jesus. That everything that surrounded us, every hedges that surround us, shall not be broken in Jesus' name. And I decree as you go into another week, Almighty God, we command the wind of favor that we bring the right stone of right perspective to you in the mighty name of Jesus. That the right stone that we rise from all corners of the world to, to give you the courage that Lord Almighty will provide it in the mighty name of Jesus. And that by the grace of God as you move into the new week, you will dig and you will find water in Jesus' name. And when you look, when that giant comes, the courage to pick the right stone that Lord Almighty will grant you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. Lord, we bless your servant that you have used. More anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. Reload him with your anointed word in Jesus' name. Thank you, Almighty God. And for the rest of our program for the week, Father, we pray and we decree that, Lord, you will take over and take control in Jesus' name. And for the rest of our program for the year as well, God Almighty, you take control in Jesus' name. Thank you, Almighty God. Blessed be your holy name. Once again, as we go to our different homes, let your presence go ahead of us in Jesus' name. We remember those that are not here, Lord, that the blessing of today, you will shower it over them in Jesus' name. Thank you, everlasting God, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Let us share the grace together in fellowship. The Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you.